We continue our journey through Luke's Gospel, and our reading tonight is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 45. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting... The baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, 1779, fullness of grace in man's human frailty. This is the wonder of Jesus.
having a baby. Exactly what the nuance of those words mean depends on who's saying them and how. It may be squeals of delight and congratulations from your best friend. You're having a baby. It's wonderful, fantastic. I'm so pleased and delighted for you. It might be a sudden stroke of realisation. If somebody suddenly realises, this girl isn't drinking alcohol. You're having a baby, aren't you? That's what's going on. It may be the note of dismayed belief by an anguished parent who finds out that their daughter's pregnant. Having a baby. It may be a doctor breaking the news gently to someone who hitherto was unaware that their entire life was about to be turned upside down. You're having a baby. Or it could be the best news ever for a couple who's been undergoing IVF treatment. You're having a baby. In each and every one of these scenarios, unless the speaker is in error, the words are spoken to someone who is already pregnant. You're having a baby. The process is underway. It's there already growing inside you and I can see it beginning to happen. It doesn't mean anything to tell anyone who's not pregnant that they're going to have a baby because you don't know whether they're going to be able to conceive or not. But when the angel Gabriel is sent to say to the Virgin Mary, you're going to have a baby, the situation is very different. Mary is not pregnant. And as far as Mary is concerned, there's no way that she could become pregnant without something fairly drastic happening because she's not married. She hasn't slept with Joseph. She hasn't slept with anybody else. And she's no intention of doing so until she marries Joseph away down the line. Uh, so, so what does it mean when you say, I'm going to have a baby? How's that going to work? What, what are you on about? No worries, says the angel. The Holy Spirit is going to sort out that side of things. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. God, the creator of all life, will bring a new life into your womb. And actually, he's already done something fairly similar, not quite the same, but something similar for your cousin Elizabeth. She's far too old to have kids, and yet she's six months gone. She's going to have a baby in three months' time. So you can see nothing is impossible with God. Those are well-chosen words, echoing as they do the message given to Abraham and Sarah centuries before. That in their case, after decades of waiting and trying, they're going to have a baby of their own. And Sarah is so incredulous at the news, she bursts out laughing. She's so old, the whole idea is frankly ridiculous. But the Lord chides her gently. Is anything too hard for the Lord, he asks. So the angel assures Mary that her obvious practical concerns are not going to be a barrier to God's purposes. Because no word that comes from God is going to fail. And the angel talks a bit to Mary as if it's a done deal. You're going to have a baby. You're going to give birth to a son. You're going to give him the name Jesus. You're going to do all this, Mary. You don't know any of it yet, but it's all going to happen and you're going to, you're going to be part of it all. It's like he's predicting the future and it's going to happen 
whether Mary likes it or not. How is it going to happen, though? Because unlike Sarah with Abraham and Elizabeth with Zechariah and babies when they're born, Joseph doesn't need to do anything at all. It will all be taken care of without him getting involved. And that's what lifts the whole thing out of the realm of the remarkable into the realm of the miraculous. And nothing like this has ever happened before or since. And scientifically, people can't see how it could possibly happen. But then God has never entered this world as a helpless baby before or since either. So what the angel is talking about here is a one-off, never-to-be-repeated event. So you take it or leave it. And it does take quite a bit of faith to believe it. So I find it quite surprising that Mary comes around to the whole idea actually fairly quickly. Quick interchange and then, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm up for this. I'm the Lord's servant, let it be to me as you've said. I mean, to begin with, she is about as receptive as someone picking up the phone and talking to one of those unknown callers who told you you have a problem with your computer, your internet connection has been compromised in several countries, uh, let, let me talk you through it uh, and sort out your problem and remove as much money out of your online banking account as you will allow me to do so in the process. What kind of greeting is this? She's thinking, what is going on? She is very suspicious. And so when you get one of those calls and the caller knows your name, you're thinking, what kind of scam is going on here? And this kind of nuisance call is so prevalent these days that bona fide calls from the library or bank are treated with grave suspicion. Who are you? Why are you ringing me? What's your business? Not sure I want to talk to you. And Mary's a bit like that with the angel. What kind of greeting is this? What's going on? Why have you come to me? What's this about? I'm really not sure you've got the right person or I want to be involved in what you're saying. She has serious misgivings. She's quite perturbed and wonders who this awe-inspiring stranger is who knows our aim, her name and what it is precisely that he wants from her. But this is no scam. This is no practical joke. These are no empty words. This is for real. So once the angel's got her attention, he says, time to break the good news. Mary, out of the Hundreds, thousands, who knows? Out of all the virgins in Israel, you have been specially chosen. You've been chosen to be the mother of God's Messiah. And Mary comes round to the idea remarkably quickly. The practical details, how's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. Okay. Holy Spirit's going to do that. Okay. Straight away, I'm the Lord's servant, let it be to me according to your word. That didn't take very long at all, did it, really? Uh, a greeting, a declaration, a reassurance about how it's going to happen. Yeah, okay. That's fine by me, says Mary. I am the Lord's willing and obedient servant. What happens to me is in his hands. Let it be to me according to your word. And I find myself thinking, just like that? That quickly? That easily? 
that readily, that simply, the implications of it unfathomable? Did she really not think it might not be a good idea to talk it over with Joseph first, for example? Actually, I'm engaged to this man. He, it's going to affect him. The news is going to come to a massive shock. And while the angel says, well, your cousin, your kinswoman Elizabeth, she's pregnant, that's a sign that God can do anything. He's able to deliver on his promises. I'd have said to Mary, Mary, go and check it out first. He says Elizabeth's pregnant, but he might be saying anything. Why don't you go down and, and see Elizabeth and see precisely what has happened about it, and then think about it. Sleep on it at least. But no. Straight away, she gives her consent, signs on the dotted line, signs her life away, if you like. And then thinks, oh, perhaps I'd better go down to Judah and, and check it out and see, just to make sure that he has been telling the truth. It's backwards. But it's the way she does it. Then she gets to Elizabeth. And that's when the confirmation comes. Because Elizabeth is indeed six months pregnant. The angel was speaking the truth. But the real confirmation, and the biggest surprise of all, is that when Mary turns up on her doorstep, Elizabeth knows all about it. She knows everything that's going to happen to Mary. As soon as she hears Elizabeth, uh, as soon as Elizabeth hears Mary's voice calling out, Elizabeth, hi, it's me, Mary, I've come to visit you. Straight away, the six-month-old fetus in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. That's John the Baptist already getting excited at the thought that Jesus is coming. And Elizabeth bursts out. You are so blessed. And the child you are carrying is so blessed as well. How come I am so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? And I find myself thinking, how did Elizabeth know? How did she understand so much about what was going on? Too soon for Mary to be showing. I've, I've checked the dates. You wouldn't have seen that Mary was pregnant when she turned up on Elizabeth's doorstep. She wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have been evident that she was expecting a baby. No email. No telephone. Not even telegrams. Mary couldn't have wired on ahead and said, guess what, Elizabeth? This is what's happened. It's unlikely that she could have written a letter. Mary was very probably illiterate. There was no postal service. You couldn't pop down the post office and, and post a letter. And in Mary's position, who would you trust enough to take a message to Elizabeth and say, Elizabeth, this is, this is what's happened to me. I'm going to come and visit you and just make sure it's all right. I can't see it. And we're not told that Mary sent on to tell Elizabeth beforehand. It's just, you know, she speaks to the angel. Oh, I'll go and see Elizabeth for myself. And she gets there. And first thing is, she turns up on Elizabeth's doorstep quite possibly unannounced, to find that Elizabeth, wise old woman that she is, knows and understands everything perfectly already. How come? It's not just John the Baptist jumping up and down inside of his mum. Elizabeth, Luke tells us, has been filled with the Holy Spirit herself. And so the Spirit who had filled John the, the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb 
The Spirit who would enable Mary, virgin that she was, to conceive, now filled Elizabeth so that she knew. She knew exactly what was going on. She knew what had happened to Mary. She knew what would, what would happen to Mary. And she greeted Mary with joy in her heart because the Holy Spirit within Elizabeth was witnessing to Christ. She knew because the Spirit had told her. So if Mary went to Elizabeth looking for confirmation, evidence, that the angel's words were true, she found that confirmation in spades. Yes, Elizabeth was pregnant. Yes, Mary, therefore, was going to have a baby as well. Yes, Elizabeth recognised that Mary's baby would be her Lord. And she pronounced a benediction on the young unmarried teenage girl because she believed that what the Lord had said to her would be accomplished. And the sequence of events is actually quite significant. The angel is sent to convey a message to Mary. He gets her attention, shares the good news with her, explains how the practical details will be taken care of. She confirms that she is prepared to go through with God's plan for her life. That's the crucial step of faith and commitment. The moment when she signs her life away, if you like. And then having taken that momentous step, she goes to visit her kinswoman Elizabeth and finds it, it really is all true. But the step of faith comes before the confirmation. A more prudent woman would have taken my advice and gone to see Elizabeth first before she agreed to having the baby. That would have been the sensible thing to do. And then Mary would indeed have found Elizabeth to be pregnant. And that would have been remarkable and amazing. But then when Mary turned up on Elizabeth's doorstep, there would have been no rapturous welcome from Elizabeth to the mother of my Lord, because Mary was still making her mind up. Mary hadn't decided yet. And John the Baptist in his mother's womb would have had nothing to get excited about. There would have been no spontaneous jump of joy on his part. And Mary, for her part, would have found that the angel had told her the truth about her kinswoman. But would that have been enough to persuade her to say, okay, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Well, maybe. Except that perhaps, having checked it out and found that Elizabeth was pregnant, she might have thought, well, I'll, I'll go back and, and, and talk it over with Joseph and see what he has to say about it. And then check with my mum and dad, because obviously it's going to affect them as well. And with the best will in the world, can you see Joseph or her parents saying, yes, Mary, that sounds fantastic. It's a brilliant idea. You are so privileged. Well, possibly not. There might have been a bit of prevarication and uncertainty. This young girl's got big ideas, lost her head a bit. We can't quite necessarily 
believe her. She would have got mixed messages, I suspect, from Elizabeth and her parents and Joseph. So perhaps it's just as well that Mary wasn't overly cautious. Instead, having met the angel, having heard what the angel said, and experienced the the convicting power of the truth of God's word spoken to her in a way that she couldn't avoid or evade, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. That's what she says to the angel. She's been told that God's word cannot fail and her response is is to submit to God's authority and invite him to fulfill his word of promise in her life. So she takes the momentous step of faith and having taken that step she finds it really is true. Elizabeth really is pregnant. She gets the confirmation that she needs. But the faith, the step of faith comes first. And that's a tough one. It's not the way our minds work, or it's not the way my mind works anyway. We want proof. Or at least enough evidence to convince us beyond all reasonable doubt. Sometimes we look at other people and envy them, their their confidence, their, their faith, their assurance, their certainty. And we think, if only I had had their faith, then I'd be okay. But the problem is that that assurance, that confidence, that faith, that ability to rely on God, that comes from the Holy Spirit. And to receive the Holy Spirit, you need to open the door of your life and let God in first. You won't have that kind of faith before you welcome God in. Because that kind of faith is the product of Christ indwelling your life by the Holy Spirit. See, if you're thinking, if only I had faith like so-and-so and so-and-so, I'd become a Christian as well. Well, you aren't going to get it. But if you take the step, if you make the commitment, you will find that God allows that kind of faith to grow in you. But if you wait for proof first, you'll never have enough proof to get you to take the step. So it really does boil down to a step of faith. But it's not like shutting your eyes and stepping off the edge of an abyss. It's about fixing your eyes on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on God. Hearing his word of promise and trusting him enough to step out into the unknown. Because it is about trust. And the thing is, God's not going to mess with you. His character is steadfast love and faithfulness. And if you drill down to the very core of God's being, you will just find steadfast love and faithfulness. So you can trust him. And if you do, then like Mary, you may well find that the confirmation you need comes soon afterwards. 
You say yes. And you find that he kindles the kind of faith in you that you wished you'd had all your life and seen in others and thought, I could never have faith like that. But when Christ is in you, he creates that faith because it is a matter of knowing him and trusting him. That assurance that you've made the right decision, even if it turns your life upside down, as it did Mary's, that only comes to people who've made the step of faith. And with taking that step comes the realisation as well that there is no better or safer place for our life to be than in God's hands. So there is a sequence of events here. Mary says, yes. Jesus was born. And because Jesus was born, he became your saviour. And he invites you tonight to make him your Lord as well. To make his word of promise, his word of salvation, true for you. For Mary, once she said, let it be to me according to your word, nothing was ever going to be the same again. And if your life needs changing, then the Lord is the one to turn it round. Because he's promised to be your saviour and no word that comes from God ever fails. So like Mary, although there's not enough proof, will you take a deep breath and say tonight, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word.